Welcome to the City Baptist Church podcast, where our desire is to find meaning and mission in following Jesus. God designed us to thrive in the context of community, and we would love to have you join us for a weekend service soon in Vancouver. If you have your Bibles this morning, let's take them to, and go to 3 John, the book of 3 John, right near the end of the, of the New Testament. As we look into the book of 3 John, I want us to notice some, some things I think that will, will help us when we see this area of missions, and specifically this area of helping and supporting uh, missionaries. And we use that word, but those people that are willing to give of their lives and move to and travel and give of, uh, you know, of, of really their family to go to places like, and we saw the videos, we also support the Littles in St. Lucia and the Hutchins as well in, in New Zealand, and they've been willing to take their families and, and move them a, across the world in order to minister. And I've been to St. Lucia, and it's not, uh, you know, day-to-day life is not like we have here today. And so I, I'm thankful for those people that are willing to, you know, sacrifice to preach the gospel. And this morning, I think we'll, we'll take some time and really uh, understand how, what our part is and how we can have an impact in preaching the gospel and helping those that are preaching the gospel around the world. Let's read 3 John, and there's no chapters. We're going to read verse number 5, all right? 3 John, verse number 5. It says, Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers, which have borne witness of thy charity before the church, in of whom if thou bring forward, forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well. Because that for his name's sake they went forth, taking nothing of the Gentiles. We therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers to the truth. I want you to notice verse 7. It says, because that for his name's sake they went forth. This morning, I want you to see if you're taking notes, you can write this. I'll give you I have three points this morning. My first point is the mission's purpose, the mission purpose. Church missions, I believe, is seen in our text. Armed with the good news, these early believers ventured forth into a hostile world to represent Jesus Christ. If we look uh, in our text, uh, we didn't read verse starting in verse number one, but I want you to see verse number one of our text and just read it here with me. It says, the elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. In verse one, we're introduced to a man named Gaius. It was a very popular Roman name. Uh, it's not a name I would recommend you give to your, your children today. But in those days, it was a very, uh, it was a very popular name. And we're introduced to this man named Gaius in verse number one, and he was most likely a member of the church in Asia Minor, and he had an amazing reputation. He had a wonderful, <clears throat> a wonderful testimony of being a follower of Jesus Christ. Notice verse number two. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. Gaius had a, a wonderful testimony. 
The, the writer uh, of jo Third John here heard that Gaius was a man that walked in the truth. He was a, a man where his testimony was, was being spread. When, whenever anybody ever heard of Gaius, they knew that he was faithful, that he was committed, and that the truth resided in him. When he, when he would go out into the community, you know, he would tell people about Jesus. He would witness. He, would, uh, he, he would, had a wonderful testimony in this area. You know, Gaius listened to the last words of Jesus Christ. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. I believe Gaius grasped the last words of Jesus. I believe he understood the message. And he knew that he had to give his life to share the truth. And you know what, church? The world needs truth. It's, it's full of lies. It, 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 the devil is doing a great job deceiving the hearts and minds of people. But our, our communities in this, this city, this area, the Hastings Sunrise area, it needs people that are willing to share the truth of the gospel. Someone once said that God's last command should be our greatest concern. And in Matthew chapter 28, they're the last words of Jesus before he ascends into heaven. And he, and he tells the, his, his disciples, he tells his followers that you need to go into all the world and teach the, uh, preach the gospel. You need to go into all the world and make disciples. God has made us his people that we might declare at home and to the ends of the earth his salvation through Jesus Christ. Sometimes I, I don't really understand why God chose to do it this way. Sometimes I, I wonder, why did God choose me to be his, his vessel to spread the good news? I, I, I wouldn't have chosen me, but God has chosen his followers, as, as your pastor said, to be light and to be salt. We have a responsibility to, uh, to have this mission as part of our, our individual lives and as part of a part of our corporate identity as a local church. Really, the command to reach people with the gospel was given to the early church. And the command to reach people with the gospel is given to this church here in the Hastings Sunrise neighborhood. And so the, the mission purpose, it, it's for you and it's, it's for me. The, it's for this church. And we have a responsibility to share the good news of Jesus Christ. But I want you to see number two this morning, if you're taking notes, the mission, the mission participants. The mission participants. Now Mark chapter 16 and verse 15, it says, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. The mission, uh, the mission, the purpose was given to the participants. And who are the participants? Well, I want you to start with Gaius. Gaius was a man that was told to go and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it appears as if he was doing his job. It appears that everywhere he would go, he would tell people about Jesus Christ. I wonder if that could be said of you and me. That everywhere we go, we have the propensity 
to tell people about Jesus Christ. The problem, I think, many times is we're so busy with life. We're so busy worrying about the things that are happening in our life, whether it's financial or family or job-related. We're so busy going from A to B, you know, and then back home to A, that, that we don't take the time to tell people about Jesus Christ. I think if, we're, if, we, if we look at our own lives, let me ask you a question. When was the last time you shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with someone? And, and I'm, I'm talking, you took time, you, took a, you made a deliberate choice to share the truth of the gospel with someone, a coworker, a, a neighbor, uh, someone that you know. When was the last time you took, uh, took on purpose to share, someone, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with someone? I got to be honest, I'll tell you something here this morning. One of the greatest soul winners in my church, and I don't mean to embarrass her, is, is my daughter Callie. She is always inviting everyone she meets to come to church and hear about Jesus. I'm very proud of that. I'm thankful that she has that testimony. You know, I can remember one time, my neighbor, his name's Jerry, he's actually my manager, so I figured it'd be good to have uh, the manager of my complex as my friend. And so I've been very friendly. No, it wasn't, you know, I try to be friendly with all my neighbors. I do have one neighbor that doesn't, doesn't like me very much, but I tell you, it's not my fault. It's, it's their fault. But anyways, uh, you know, my, my, my neighbor, Jerry, uh, you know, I've had a good relationship with him, and, and uh, he's not a Christian, and I've been able to uh, you know, invite him to come to different activities, and he's came to a Christmas plays and so, such at our church, and I have a heart to see him come to know Christ. But I can remember one time, uh, my, my daughter, and she, you know, sometimes out of the mouths of children, right, you can be convicted. I can remember one time I was telling her that Jerry doesn't know Jesus as his personal Savior, and she said, why haven't you told him yet? And I, it hit me in my heart because, you know, sometimes we convince ourselves that it's not the right time and we should wait and we talk ourselves out of it. Well, I don't want to, you know, ha- cause a problem with my neighbor or with my manager, and so I'm going to be a little bit careful, but I know within my own heart that Jesus had told me you need to tell him about what I've done for him. And I knew within my heart that I had been ignoring that, uh, you know, that, that prompting of the Holy Spirit to witness to him. And I'm thankful for that, you know, that my, God used my daughter to talk to me. And we should not be so uh, proud to understand that we need to tell people about Jesus Christ. I think one of the greatest things that stops us is simply we sometimes are embarrassed or we're scared, maybe even ashamed. But Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because it is the power of God unto salvation. What your neighbor needs is salvation in Christ. What your coworker needs is salvation in Christ. They need a home in heaven. And they don't need a, another neighbor that's friendly and gives them cookies. What they need is I, I would encourage you to do that, but what they also need is the gospel. That's what they really need. And Gaius was one that had this testimony, the truth was, win, was in him. How did they know that? Because he was showing the truth. He was sharing the truth. He was revealing the truth. And so not only should the participants of the mission be you and me or the, the members of the church, wherever you are, that's your mission field. Wherever you work, that's your opportunity to share the gospel. Well, I want you to see in our text that there was another group of people, these itinerant preachers. 
They were these people that were going forth and they were traveling and they were sharing the gospel wherever they went. They were people that said, you know, the gospel is, is, you know, God has called me to share the gospel. And so I'm going to give up of my comforts and give up of my home and I'm going to travel to share the good news. In our text, we can read, uh, we can read about those in verses 7, and we already did verses 7 through 9. And so what we hear, though, is that Gaius practiced hospitality towards those that were traveling, towards those that were preaching, uh, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's keep reading in verse 4. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren. Notice this and to strangers, which have borne witness of thy charity or love before the church, whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well. And so what is, what is being said here? Well, Gaius was, was taking care, he was offering hospitality to those people that were on their, their missionary journeys. I can't help but think of you know, the videos we shared with the Littles and, and the Hutchins, and we've had the privilege and opportunity to have them at our church, and they presented their ministry. And out of it's amazing, the two that you showed, we, we have, we've also taken them on, on for support. I think it's important that we are involved in helping missionaries get to the field to preach the gospel. In verse number 8, notice the text. It says, We therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers true to the truth. You know, Pastor Paul can only be here in the Hastings Sunrise neighborhood. He can't be in St. Lucia, and he can't be in New Zealand. He can only be here. I can only be in North Vancouver. I can't be in those places either. And, and you can only be in one place at one time. But there are people that are willing to go to those places that we cannot go to. There, there are missionaries that are willing to give of their lives and move their families to uncomfortable places, to countries that do things a lot differently than what they're used to. And their whole purpose of going is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. What a noble cause. And that is a, a noble cause to get behind. I love it when a preacher comes, a missionary comes to our church and we're able to, to treat them. We're able to host them and take care of them and, and encourage them and, and bless them. You know, when a missionary comes uh, and, and they come to our church, I know that I like to give them a, a, a larger love offering. I, I like our church to be willing to do that for them because they are giving up their lives to go to places to preach the gospel. And that is a noble thing. Notice verse number 8, when we do that, it says that we might be fellow helpers. Who doesn't like help? Right? Every Sunday, I, I, uh, I go and I, I go to our church and I have a trailer and, and, I, and we don't have any storage, all right? So you guys are blessed. And, and sometimes I try not to get jealous, but, uh, you know, I know it's a sin, but it, sometimes it's hard. But, you know, uh, we don't have any storage. And so I pull up there and uh, I got to tell you, sometimes... If I had to do that by myself, oh, that would be difficult. But when I see uh, when I see Randy show up, who's one of my deacons, and when I see Luke show up, Luke Bartley show up, who uh, it, it comes every single Sunday, and when I see my assistant uh, Manny show up, and they come and they help me, 
and they become alongside me their fellow helpers. And we can set that thing up in like 15 minutes. If I had to do it by myself, it would take hours, you know, and, and it would take a long time. And, and usually if I had to do that, by the time I get up to preach on Sunday, you know, my hair is like this and I'm sweating, I'm exhausted. But that, but that, without those helpers, you know, I'd be in a tough spot. And I want, I want you to, you know, your pastor needs your help. And I, I know I've talked to him. I know that he believes that there's a place for everyone. There's something that everybody can do. And I want to encourage you in your church here uh, at City Baptist Church, there is something that you can do. There's, there's, you can be involved. You can be a help. And you might think, well, it's not a big thing. It's something small. But everything helps. Now, I want you to think about these traveling preachers and missionaries. Think about the littles in, in St. Lucia. He can't go there and he can't get a job. He can't, even if he could get a job there, he, he'd make so little he wouldn't be able to support himself. But he can't go there and, and, and work a job. He needs help. He needs the support of other believers, of Christians, in order to allow him to stay there to preach the gospel. You are a part of that. You're a fellow helper. Imagine you're there on the field and you're helping him. You're, you're there, you're encouraging him. You're supporting him as he got up today and, and, and they went to their church there in, in, in their city of, of Miku. I think that's how you say it. But they go there. You had a part in that service today. You, you helped him. You encouraged him. You, were, you came alongside of him and you were a fellow helper. Now, how do we do that? How do we, how do we get alongside these people, these missionaries that are willing to preach the gospel all over the world? Well, we use a system. We call it faith promise giving or grace giving. Now, it's not the only way, but it is a system that, that works. It's, it, we, we gather together with churches like ours, and we support these missionaries. Now, this church can support probably couldn't support the, the Littles by themselves or, or the Hutchins by themselves. You, you know, they, they couldn't, you couldn't support to have pay for their, both their families. But other churches like yours have committed to join together so that they could be there. Oswald, Oswald J. Smith said this, Either you must go yourself or else you must send someone in your place. And woe to you if you do nothing. God's orders must be obeyed, his commands carried out, and there is no way to avoid the issue. You know, the thing about missions is it's not an optional thing. It was a command by Jesus Christ. He didn't say, go if you feel like it, or if it's convenient, or if it's easy. He said, go. And the reason why, as, as Pastor said, he said, and lo, I go with you always, is because it's, it's, it's a job. It's a task. And it can be discouraging and it can be difficult. Oswald J. Smith, who is kind of believed to be the, the inventor of the faith promise uh, commitment, he said this, he saw the need. And so he came up with this system to support these missionaries. And I think it's a great system. It's not perfect. Nothing is ever perfect. But I think it's a great system because we're using it and these missionaries can be on the field so that they can preach the gospel. Also, I believe it's important that churches have a heart to reproduce themselves. 
Churches have a heart to, to reach out beyond the, just the neighborhood that they're in and reproduce themselves again. I think if you study the New Testament, you'll see churches reproducing churches. And I know your pastor has a heart to reproduce City Baptist Church and other places in Vancouver. And I think that that as well is, is, is an important thing. Now, when we come to these missionaries that, uh, that travel and, and seek support to go to the field, uh, of course, you know, your pastor, as, as he receives those phone calls and so, he, you know, he vets them. He makes sure that, you know, they're preaching the gospel. They're preaching the truth. You know, he, he, he says, is the truth in them? And he, he makes sure that he knows that when they go to wherever field they're going to, that they're going to do their job effectively. That they're not going to be lazy and they're not going to, uh, you know, just kind of think of it as an extended vacation. He knows that when they go, they've given their heart. They, they've given their lives to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, a tragic imbalance exists in the world today. I, I heard this stat. 90% of Christian leader, uh, leaders work with 10% of the world's population. 90% of Christianity is working to reach 10% of the world's population. And we are told that if all the Christian communities would reach their own community, less than 20% of the world would be reached. Most non-Christians in the world have no Christian neighbors. And that's why it's important that we get behind these missionaries that are going to go to places and preach the gospel. There's not a place in this world that the need is filled. There's not a place in this world that it says, oh, no, we don't need any more missionaries. We don't need any more preachers of the gospel. It's all good here. There's not one place that exists like that. And we can have a part. We can do something about that. Look at verse number 9. It says, I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, receiveth him not, us not. You know, unfortunately, when it comes to missions, sometimes there can, there can be opposition. There can be those that stand against it. Can I tell you that at our church, we've seen it? We, we have a, a missions program when we started it seven years ago when I became the pastor and we began to support missionaries. And now we support 13 missionary uh, projects around the world and families around the world, and we're thankful for that. But you know, there have been times of opposition in our church. In fact, there was... Uh, there was uh, someone in our church that uh, would question every missionary that comes through, how much money are you trying to raise? You know, and, uh, you know, kind of insinuate that they were, they were crooked, insinuate that they were doing it for the money. And that broke my heart to think that those type of things were going on. I also, um, you know, we supported missionaries, and there was somebody in our church that would kind of criticize different missionaries that we supported, people that I know personally. People that, I was, that I've been friends with, that I, I know their testimony, and I know the, the truth that is in them, and I know they're working hard and doing their best. But they had this critical spirit towards them. And that broke my heart. 
I gotta admit, it was hard to get up and be excited about missionaries and 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 be excited about uh, you know sharing this new missionary family that was coming. And it was hard to get up and be excited when I knew that there was some people in our church that almost hated the fact that they were there. And I had to ask myself, why do they have this attitude? Why do why do they have this type of contempt within themselves? Why do they kind of have this accu, you know, accusation against these missionaries like they're in it for some sort of gain or in it for themselves? And I'll tell you today, what a prideful way of thinking. In reality, the, the, the thing that they were accusing them of, of being, they were in of, of themselves the same thing. Yeah. Here we see in, in chapter, uh, chapter 9, there was a man named Diatrophes. Uh, in our Bible, you know, many times we, we read of different names and sometimes people are named and good things are said or bad things are said. <laughs> Diatrophies, we had Gaius, oh, the truth's in him. What, he's faithful, he's, he loves the Lord, he's sharing that. But then we have Diatrophies, who was also a member of the church, but he didn't have that testimony. He, was, he, he had a testimony of one that wanted to have the preeminence among them. He was the guy that said, why should we give money to missions? We got our own problems here. Why should we support missionaries that come through our church? Why should we give them this much money? Why don't, why don't we do something else here? The, the attitude was, it was inward, not outward. You know, one of the greatest benefits to having a missions program and to supporting missionaries is it allows us to have an outward focus. It allows us to not be selfish in our thinking. Because there's always going to be needs here at home. There's always going to be bills that need to be paid. And if we have this focus of, well, we got to take care of, of what we got going on here first, we become inward focused and we lose our vision for reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Diotrephes had this mindset. You know, he was, it was prideful in his thinking. Notice verse number 10. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds, which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words, and not content therewith, neither doth he himself receive the brethren, and forbiddeth them that would, and casteth them out of the church. Wow. This guy totally lost it, right? He totally lost the purpose of the gospel. It, it became about himself. It was, it was all about what, what was better for him. And he's even throwing people out of the church if they, were, if they were friends with someone that he didn't like or that he was against. You know, he was, he was taking things in his, own, in, in his own power and he had this negative kind of aspect against anyone that maybe he didn't like or didn't agree with or did things differently from. He even got to the point where he would, uh, you know, attack those that would disagree with him. And I'll tell you, I've seen this happen. I've seen this kind of negative attitude and how, and how it can affect the whole spirit of the church. How it can affect the, the leadership. You know, i, I got to tell you, I was scared to get up and, and, and I couldn't, it was hard to be excited when I knew there was people in the church that were negative. We need to have a vision to reach people with the gospel. We need to be outward focused. You know, when a missionary comes don't assume the worst, assume the best. And I know that your pastor, he, he makes sure that the people that come here, the missionaries that come here looking for help, looking for prayers, looking for support, I, I know that he vets them. I know that he, he knows their testimony. He knows what they're going to do when they go to the field. 
I think that's part of the, of course, the, the job of every church and every pastor, shepherd of the church, to make sure that, that the gospel is going to be preached and nothing will come and stop that. And we also need to be careful about setting ourselves up as the judge of another person or another person's ministries. Sometimes we can, we can look, over, uh, you know, look over the fence or we can look at, at our missionaries and wonder, well, they, have, they don't seem to be having as much success or they, they don't seem to be having as, as, many, uh, as many people saved as, as some, maybe some other missionary that we support. But you don't know what they're going through. You don't know what the field is like. You don't know what they're facing. And every field is different. And you can read the Bible where, where someone would go and, and people would be saved by the scores. And, but you can read also about when times when people would go and no one would be saved. The greatest, uh, the greatest task that every person has been called that we would be faithful. Jesus will take care of, of the results, you know. He'll, he'll make sure that uh, what's, uh, what happens is what is, what is to be done. We just have to do our part in our job to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I believe we need to support those that are willing to give their lives to do the same. I don't think there's anything more noble than that. Uh, I, I really think it is, it's a wonderful opportunity to join with people that are willing to go, that are willing to give up their lives and their comforts to go. It's a noble, a noble task. I want you to see number three this morning, the mission provisions. The mission provisions. Nothing can, uh, can cause division in a church like money, right? <laughs> the pastor, uh, you know, it dreads the annual business meeting, you know. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that's happened here at your church, but definitely when money gets involved, sometimes there can be difficulties. Now, Lord willing, that, that never happens. Lord willing, we have the right, the heart and right attitude, but we understand that everything costs money, right? I mean, if you have a missionary, you have, you have a preacher come through, they need somewhere to stay, they need to, be, they need to eat, they need to be taken care of, all of those things cost money. For missionaries like the, the Littles and the Hutchins to be on the field and to be able to, to do what they are doing, they need to survive. They need to feed themselves. They need to take care of themselves. That's normal. We understand everything costs money. Admissions cost money. Traveling preachers and missionaries, they, they're not going to get help from the world. They're not going to get help from the lost or the un unbelievers. Look at uh, verse number 7. It says, Because that for his name's sake they went forth, taking nothing of the Gentiles. It was very common for, for those type of uh, to, you know, philosophers and speakers, it was very common that people would give money so that they would be able to continue to, to do what they're doing. But when it came to these gospel preachers, they didn't want to take anything from the lost, from the Gentiles, from, from the unsaved. They depended entirely on the giving of believers. They, 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 they needed people to give so that they could continue to preach. And the missionaries that we support, if we stop providing them provision, they're going to have problems. 
My aunt and my uncle, they also are in the, in the country of St. Lucia. And they're doing a wonderful work. I mean, there's not a missionary letter that I get that people aren't being saved. And it's not easy there in St. Lucia, but they're doing a great work. God's helped them to establish a couple churches, and they're working on, on trying to get to the point where they would be self-supporting and, and indigenous. Now, they, they, go, they go to the field, and, and they have the financial support, but when they went to the time they are now, their support has dropped in half. Churches stopped giving. People stopped supporting their ministry. And, you know, I've, I've, because he's my uncle, he shared with me some more than he would share with most people. But I know sometimes the money that they have on a monthly basis, I don't even know how they would survive. He, he says, you know, he's, he told me, he said, don't worry about me. I have more money than I've ever had in my life. He never had any money, so <laughs> I'll be okay. But those missionaries, those preachers, they, they, they're counting on the provision. That's why when we make a commitment to give, we should be faithful in our commitments. I know that I believe today you're taking your, your faith promise commitment. And that's a great thing. And I think sometimes we can have these missions months or these mission Sundays and, and the preaching can be on missions and it can move us emotionally and, and we can make the decision, we can write a number on a commitment card and we can put in the offering plate and we feel good, but unless the actual money that you wrote down on that card comes in, there's going to be a problem. <laughs> sometimes it's easy to give the commitment, but it's a lot, it's a lot harder to keep that commitment. We have, to underst- we have to understand that when we, we are part of this process, you might think, well, what I'm giving is, is not enough. It's not a lot. You know, it won't, they won't miss it. Whatever you commit, I want to encourage you to be faithful in that which you, that which you commit. Because God's people count on it. You can be a fellow helper. You don't even have to go. You don't have to jump on a plane. You, you, you don't have to learn a different language. You don't have to learn a different culture. But when you give that which you've committed in this area of faith promise, you become a fellow helper. I've had the privilege to be able to go on a lot of missions trips. I had the privilege when I was a teenager, we went to a larger church and they had these missionary projects. And, and we'd go to countries like the Dominican Republic. We went to Mexico, we went to Ireland. Uh, I'm trying to think of them all, but we went to a lot of different places. And, you know, uh, sometimes we go to places where they don't speak any, you know, they don't speak any English. And so we're kind of limited in what we can, what we can do. But I, I know I sit there and I watch the services and I see the missionaries and they're preaching and they've learned a different language and they're preaching the gospel. And I'm so thankful that there are people back home that are giving so that they could be there to be a fellow helper. You know, giving should never be seen as, uh, should never be seen as imposition. Great giving is the key to great living. And when God has your heart in this area of worldwide missions, he'll have your pocketbook. He'll have your bank account. 
I've told this to my church, I don't know, hundreds of times. I know they, they just, they laugh when I say it because, I don't laugh, but, you know, I say it so often, they're like, they know it's coming. But I said, I believe with all of my heart, with all of my heart, that when this life is over and I stand before Jesus, I'm not going to say, I think I gave too much. I think I, I gave too much to missions. <laughs> I, I think, if anything, I'll say, I wish I had given him more. I wish I'd give him more. And I believe when it comes to missions, which is the primary mission of the church, the purpose of the church, to preach the gospel, when I believe when we get involved in missions, we are completing God's purpose. We're helping him. And we come alongside those who are preaching the gospel. We become fellow helpers. And I believe when we stand before the Lord, he'll say, well done, now good and faithful servant. Christ's idea on giving is, is always maximum giving, never minimum giving. You'll never regret a dime. You'll never regret a dollar that you give to the Lord. As we come to a conclusion this morning, the Bible is full of testimonies of those who say to others, this is what God has done for me. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to share with you a, a personal illustration. I moved out here in, in 2012, no, sorry, 2008. My apologies. <laughs> that was when I became the pastor of Lionsgate Baptist Church. In 2008, I moved out here and I took a job working at a roofing company. I was making $18 an hour and my wife wasn't working. She, she ended up getting a job at Subway, right? Eat fresh. So, um, <laughs> We didn't have a lot of money. It's expensive to live here, and, and we lived in Burnaby. And, and you know, there was, there was one month, and, and I, I gave a, you know, I, I did, I tithed every week, and I made a faith promise missions commitment. And so, and, and I learned to give, you know, my missions commitment has always been a large part. I believe it's important, so I, that's what I want to lead by example in our church even. But when it comes to uh, financial, I understand that things get difficult, things get tough. I can remember one month, my rent was coming out. It was $1,000. 1000 And I can remember thinking, how am I going to pay that? Because I don't have it. I don't have one cent of that $1,000. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I can remember that I went to my wife and I said, look, we have this rent coming out and I don't have the money. I don't know what we're going to do. And she, you know, she was like, why don't we call your parents? Or, and I, and I, I got to be honest, sometimes that's our first... You know, I'll call someone, they'll give me a loan, or they'll help me out. But the Lord spoke to my heart and said, no, trust me, trust me. And so we prayed, and we trusted. We prayed, and we said, Lord, I, I don't know how it's going to happen, but we trust you. And so one week went by. Another, you know, another half week went by. It's Wednesday night. i got to pay on Friday. <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have the money yet. And so I walk in on Wednesday night on our midweek service and this lady hands me an envelope. And because I've been trained all my life, you don't open it up in front of them. I shoved it in my pocket, right? I put it in my pocket. So we had the service. I went home. I sat down. I forgot about it because I have a terrible memory, all right? I forget everything. <laughs> but I forgot about it. We're sitting on the couch just relaxing, getting ready to go to bed soon. And Aaron, 
she she's hey what was in that envelope I said oh yeah I should should probably get that out so I pulled it out and I opened it up and you already know there was a check in there right <laughs> and you already know exactly how much money was on the check right a thousand dollars and I I just want to I want to say that as an encouragement God did that for me because I gave what he gave me I gave it to him and I believe God can do that for you if you're faithful and you give that, that which God's given, you say, I want to be involved in missions. I want to be involved in preaching the gospel. And I want to be a fellow helper to those that are going to places I can't go. If you would make a commitment to have a part and give up of some of your provision, I believe God will take care of you. I believe he'll meet your needs. There has never been a time in my life where God hasn't taken care of my needs when I've been faithful to him in this area of helping spread the gospel. As we come to this close, are you involved in sharing the gospel in your town? Have you told your neighbor? Do you have the testimony of Gaius? That the truth resides in you? Do, do your coworkers know that you love Jesus Christ? Do your neighbors know that you love Jesus and, and that you want other people to love him too? Are you sharing the good news with those you know? And are you involved in helping those that are willing to go and willing to give their lives to, to preach the gospel? Are you involved in being a fellow helper to them and giving up of some of your provision so that you might be involved in faith promise givings? If you're here this morning and you don't know Christ as your Savior, that's the whole reason we're here. Jesus saved me. He changed my life when I was a young boy. When I prayed and I asked Jesus to save me, he, he, saved, he took me from a, the road to hell and road to eternity without him, and he gave me a home in heaven and eternity with God. And the greatest message I have to share is the greatest decision I ever made when I believed the gospel the good news of Jesus Christ. And Jesus wants to save you. And you maybe this is your first time here on Mission Sunday, and, and we're talking a lot about sharing the gospel and, and telling other people about Jesus. But I want you to know that the gospel is for you. Jesus came. He died on the cross to save you from your sins. And if you need that, don't leave here today without putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. He loves you. And he wants to change your life. Christian, are you involved in missions? Do you, is the purpose of missions, is it, is it in your heart? Is it a part of your DNA? Is it, is it something that you want to be involved in? Then share the gospel and give so that others can do the same thing. We hope today's message was an encouragement in your relationship with Christ. To stay connected with us, you can like us on Facebook or give us a follow on Instagram at Van City Baptist. Our prayer is that God will uniquely bless and grow you as you pursue yourself in your life.